Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight it's the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, and we're going to be discussing Ghost Story from 1981 and directed by John Irvine. So before all that, as of course, we do our introductions. So please introduce the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. What is going on tonight? How are you doing, Ghoul, on this inauguration day slash night? No, it's wonderful, man. It's, uh, it's, it's another day in paradise here. Excellent. And we're also joined by the man Monkey who presents this film pick tonight, the Prince of Amores Day. Yeah, let's get funky with the monkey. Get spooky with it. Yeah, keep it a funky, keep it a fresh. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the frightful foursome, the talking terror crew, bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all of the land. So we don't care if you listen on live, listen on blog talk, listen on iTunes, listen on Spotify. Just make sure you fucking listen. What's up, talking terror crew? Doing great. Doing Hi, great. Monkey. What, what? Uh, <laughs> Hi, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we are, but as I said before, it is something of a new day, as it were. So here we go. It's a new oh, day. Yes, it is. Open up, baby. I'm open up. Oh, shit. Open <laughs> <laughs> up. That's right, Biden Harris 2020. Welcome to Dean as I intro you in on this inauguration show. I'm sorry. Is the monkey the president? Oh, don't you dare be sour. Because <laughs> the monkey's got the power. Six, <laughs> I'm D. Yeah, so. Monkey's so big, he'll be 47, 48, and 49. <laughs> <Whoa>. Yeah, but... <laughs> there he is, Dean, soaking it in. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you hear us? There you go. What a welcome. <laughs> the world, what a day for talking terror. Um, <clears throat> I have taken a one-day pause on my dry January today. Uh, mm-hmm. My local, my local spot, uh, which sells beer only by the half liter and the full liter, uh, was offering uh, the half liters uh, the low, low price of four dollars. 
uh, to represent the four years of nonsense we just endured. So, um, outside there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Time for another Monument. episode of Talking Terror. Yeah, while we are not a political podcast, I just want to say it is really nice to be able to say the words former President Trump. It is really, really nice to say those three words. <laughs> Monkey, it's even nicer to say these ones. I have ones that sound even nicer. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Yeah! Hey, I like that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> As always. But yes, we are not a political podcast, but we just wanted to get that out because, as you know, we all have those same views. Very exciting day. Very happy for all of us and for the country, I think, as a whole. But let's move away from For that. the world. Uh, I want to get... Yeah. <laughs> keep, yeah so keep America <laughs> strong. Keep America strong again. Yeah. In the words of the King of Heart. The man in purpose. <laughs> as we kick off the top of the show, before we get into the horror news, I wanted to give it to the ghoul and the monkey because on Disney+, Plus, WandaVision did premiere, giving us two episodes I personally haven't watched it. I'm not sure about the Dean, but I know that the Ghoul and the Monkey Ooh. have. So instead of Mandalorian Corner, we now have WandaVision <laughs> Hallway or Room or Rooftop <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. It's WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, was, yeah, I, I will start it with this, man. Thank fucking God it's about time we finally got an mcu style television series you know covid delayed so many things and we have been starving for some marvel like uh, us marvel fans have been starving for content since spider-man far from home um by now we should have had black widow and i think we would have also had the eternals um by this point um if releases had gone the way they were supposed to as well as having uh the Falcon and Winter Soldier series would have also been out already. Uh, unfortunately, that and got Doctor delayed. Strange. Along with so many other things. <laughs> well, Doctor Strange was up and down anyway, man. They were having the director <laughs> issues. I had a feeling yeah, that that's right. Delayed regardless of COVID, you know. Um, <laughs> that one was a mixed bag. You know, I wanted to see what Derrickson wanted to do as far as making it a horror film, but, you know, we're going to get what we're going to get. I forget who's directing it now. It's, uh, it's somebody that I was kind of. Right? Is that what you said? Damn Raimi. Did, did it go to... I said it went to Raimi. That's what I was actually about to say. Yeah, um, I thought so it was we'll to Steve Holland. But, yeah, so so we finally got something on Disney+. Plus. We got WandaVision. Uh, this is supposed to be the direct lead-in originally to the events or at least some of the things that are going on within the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness film. Um, so, so what we've been presented with with two episodes are, uh, are like throwbacks to 1950s slash 1960s style television, you know, completely black yeah. and white, 4-3 uh, aspect ratio. Um, it's very much a bewitched, I love Lucy uh, type of, of feel to it. Uh, my dream of Jeannie. Uh, also, uh, it's a, uh, it's a lot. I, you know, I'll, I would say it straight off the bat. 
I fucking loved it. I thought it was so much fun. I grew up watching these shows in syndication. Um, these were the things like the Honeymooners and stuff like that, that I was glued to my television. The things that made me fall in love with TV in the first place. So watching a show that is a complete homage to that with two characters who I really enjoy watching them spread their wings and get a little bit of attention is, is great. What do you think about it, Monkey? Yeah, I agree, man. It's, you know, going in, checking out what they're doing, doing something different, doing something fresh, and giving it a new spin. Um, the thing about this was when I was trying to talk to people about it, I was getting a lot of really, really mixed points of view because the people that are hardcore fans and nerds get what's going on, okay? The people that are just your average people that happen to enjoy the Marvel movies aren't getting it. Like, they, they don't understand what's going on here. And... Mm-hmm. Me, me personally, how I'm taking this is this whole show is we're having this weird, weird ass, goofy environment, which is really throwing off a lot of people. But they keep sprinkling in these little bits of what the fuck here and there, okay? And I, you know, as I was trying to explain this to people, it's like you know, just take this as like you know, some Robert Frost, you know, Twin Peaks, you know, slash M Night Shyamalan kind of stuff going on where they're just sprinkling some weird stuff and it's going to make sense later. And they're like, yeah, but it's not Marvel. It's like, you know, where's all the fights? Where's all the explosions? I was like, dude, not, you know, Marvel here is being smart and writing a smart series, you know, and like that, that's, this is my opinion is just, you know, they're taking it and giving us something different and they're being creative with their writers and giving us a fresh new story instead of, cookie cutter superhero stuff and i'm enjoying what they're doing yeah they're expanding Hmm. outwardly not as not only just with the characters but even with the content itself um yeah exactly this is this is like when you have comic books and i mean this is the very thing that occurs you know you see wolverine in the pages of the x-men you know x-men action he's fighting magneto he's fighting juggernaut he's doing this he's doing that and then you have the wolverine miniseries which is a deeper you know introspective into the very character himself it might still be action oriented but more than often you know more often than not they end up being more about building depth on the character, getting a little bit of background information on the character, seeing the character build a relationship outside of the typical team dynamic that you see. Um, and that's what I feel like we got. That's what this series is reminding me of at this point. Now I too, like you, obviously I, I, I have ideas of what they're, they're, they're looking at or trying to do here again, obviously knowing some backstory of the fact that it was going to lead into the multiverse of madness. So there's little things like that that go with it too. But I do, you know, it's, it's one of the big things is we have to remember, this was not supposed to be the first Marvel series on Disney plus. And I think we would have gotten more along the lines of like the Winter Soldier style action and, so, and stuff like that, more like the Captain America films with Falcon and Winter Soldier, something more, yeah. you know, something that people are more accustomed to. And I think the idea was that we were going to have the Black Widow, we were going to have that series, we were going to have the Eternals, and then we were going to have this. It was going to be, you know, everything we've seen with the MCU, one thing has built into the next. One thing has led to the next. You know, you saw this character or you saw, 
you know, a, a universe in which, you know, all of a sudden the next character and you go, oh, shit, that character is going to fit perfectly when I take it and fold it on top of this. And that's how they built everything yeah. up to get to Infinity War and Endgame and all of that stuff. And we're going to see these folds yet again. But now we're kind of seeing them a little bit out of order. So I think if everybody is patient with it, you know, it will turn into mm-hmm. something, like you said. <laughs> yeah, and for all those people that say, you know, you know, I want my pals and my, you know, bams and all that, it's like, yeah, you'll get that in Winter Soldier. I was like, this is different. You know, just write it out and see where it goes. Um, on On top of all that, like, you know, Again, you know, we don't need to take all episodes to do it. I just want to say I was fucking loving all the little Easter eggs that they were dropping all over the place, man. It's just <laughs> they were just putting so much in there for the fans to, you know, keep an eye out for, watch for, do research on, and just all of those little hints and nods and stuff like that going, don't worry, we got you. <laughs> it's It's layered. They got a lot of stuff stuffed in there. Um, I know that there are a whole bunch of fan theories out as far as who certain people are, um, you know, just to yeah. be some of them about. Agnes is Agatha Harkness, um, mm-hmm. who's a, a Marvel character. Take Ag and this, Agatha Harkness. It kind of makes sense. It's all boom right there. Um, our our <laughs> B friend, you know, people have wondered if he's Swarm. They've wondered if he's other characters. Uh, some people are hinting that maybe it was AIM. Um uh, advanced idea mechanics, you know, who we saw yeah. all the way back in Iron Man 2, you know, so yep. that's, is that a possibility? Absolutely, it's a possibility. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Iron Man 3, my bad. Or was it Iron Man 2? I always forget, whichever one. Was he in both? It was, it was two. It was three. Was it two? Was it Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell's character or was it Guy Pierce's character? No, yeah, it's it two. I'm thinking about it's Guy Pierce. It's, it's two because Sam Rockwell f- funds Backlash. Ah, okay. Um, so, so yeah, again, other, other little things. So I, am, uh, I, I do want to see where they're going with this whole entire thing and who's behind it. And I'm looking forward to see how they continue this, this homage to television you know, couples type of thing. You know, some people are thinking that the next episodes will probably be like 70s, Brady Bunch-esque, just the ten, uh, not just the ten of us, uh, eight is enough, that kind of thing, especially with Wanda being with child. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> next thing you know, they're going to form a band, go on tour, because they live next door to the Bradys, you know. Listen, I'd love a musical episode. You know, some of my favorite episodes of many TV series are musical episodes, so. <laughs> we know you love musical school. A yeah, musical right. interlude can be absolutely delightful if executed correctly. It, it could be completely, man. Thank you. I say that in all sincerity. <laughs> I know, team. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, again, we'll just write it out and see where it goes, but so far, you know, I, I'm enjoying the ride, and so is the diva. So we'll just see. And yeah, that cool. pretty much, ra- yeah. <laughs> and that pretty much wraps up one division corner. <laughs> Back to you, I'm D. To <laughs> touch base every week, you know, and, and touch base with one division and see how it's going. I don't know if they're going to do week to week or two episodes, but we'll find out. But I wanted to thank also the dean uh, because he had actually recommended a couple weeks ago on the show that the Richard Ramirez doc series on Netflix is coming out. Night Stalker, Hunter, a Serial Killer, 
four-part series. I just binge-watched it last night and thought it was amazing. So if you have time, four episodes, 45 minutes apiece, you're interested in Richard Ramirez, you're interested in the serial killers and the hunt for them, I would recommend it because it does not glamorize Richard Ramirez in any way. It makes him out to be the piece of shit killer that he was, unlike the Ted Bundy tapes that made him seem like he was HBK, Shawn Michaels, the serial killer. Which he was not. He was also a piece of shit. Think I'm cute. So thank you. No, I'm sexy. <laughs> and I drive that girl's wife. <laughs> you don't head the hell but, So thank you, Dean, for that recommendation. It was great. And also check it out if you have it. Uh, four parts, easy to get through, 45 minutes piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see you're eager. <laughs> He's an eager beaver, indeed. Thank you, Dean. I unfortunately, that's one of those that I keep meaning to watch, and I just have not gotten to it. You know, we kind of, we've been sitting home. I've been doing a lot of reading with all these fucking Star Wars books that I've, uh, I've now amassed. Um, I've been reading the Blood and the Water book. Uh, what I've basically done with that is, is because it's such a large book, and the material is really like, it's, it's some heavy duty it's shit heavy. that's going on. Um, so I'm basically yeah. reading like a couple of parts and then I'm taking a break and reading a, a, a lighter fair book. Uh, so I'm in the middle of one of the star Wars books now. Um, and then I'll dive right back in into blood in the water in the next part. I think I'll go to like part four or so. Um, but yeah, so, so I will have to say the, thank you for the recommendation on that because I am loving the shit out of that book. It is some fucking yeah, dark, man. It's, shit. Uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, you know, the the Attica prison riots, it's something that's just like, you know, part of the fabric of our history. And it's something that to us in the age that we all are, uh, that we've just seen just kind of, I don't want to say like made fun of, but like kind of used as a joke in popular culture, in popular culture. Like, I don't remember what particular mm-hmm. Leslie Nielsen movie, like it was one of the naked guns and like he ends up behind bars and he's like, scraping the cup against the bars and screaming Attica, Attica, and like Dog Day Afternoon. Like, I, I, I like know it from that. And then, like I said, I saw that kind of, I think it was a made-for-HBO movie about it, and it kind of piqued my interest. Um, and then I, you know, when I saw that book was coming out, I was like, you know what, I want to learn like the real deal about that. And, you know, that that's what led me to read it. And I just, like I said, I'm glad to hear uh, that you're all being kind of blown away by it, because like I said, I read that book and it blew my fucking mind. So, it just, just wait. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you'd say. Yeah, I'm on part seven. I mean, I so I'm in the trial period. Oh, nice. So you're well ahead of me on that one, man. So again, it's like, you know, going from from the one Star Wars book, which literally the name of it is Light <laughs> of the Jedi. You know, it's just it's it's kind of fluffy. It's a lot of fun and everything. But then to dive into that, and yeah, you know, there's so many. <clears throat> it, it's it's interesting when you read something like Blood in the Water because there's so many parallels that are still going on in today's society that you're seeing in this book as far as race relations and the way people are treated and things like that. Um, I don't know Attica as anything light and fluffy at all. You know what I mean? My introduction to that that, that prison is actually through family members. Um, I have family that, that were in there for a stint. Uh, and then they asked, the funny thing is they actually went from there. They got transferred to Auburn, um, which is also mentioned in the book uh, due to another riot that occurred at some point or not or another. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. And yeah, I would, I'd have to say, you know, if you can, if you can stomach this type of thing, then it's absolutely worth worthwhile reading. You know, especially, like I said, there's so many parallels to what we're still seeing today that it's just, 
it's amazing when we think about it. It's like, wow, we've come so far. And then yet at the same time, it's like, wow, we really haven't, have we? The 50th anniversary this year, too. December. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. September. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yep. go ahead. What do you have of horror news? What are you speaking of? I was going to say, speaking of four parts, uh, it, had, it had been long been said that uh, you were going to, if you were so interested, going to get your opportunity to see the Snyder Cut of the Justice League, that it was going to be in a four-part uh, limited series. But the news that I was seeing today is that those plans have changed, and it is actually now going uh, to be presented as a four-hour movie. Oh, shit. That's a... <laughs> Four hours. Which, I mean, yeah, this is coming from Zack Snyder himself. Um, the thing with that is this. The extended cut of Justice League is already three hours. So all it's doing is adding another hour to that movie. Um, you know, I know he's obviously reshuffled, added scenes supposedly, and did all these other kinds of things and everything, but... You know, it's it's not like he's doing all that. I I just don't see him doing anything that's going to make this movie any better than than the <laughs> film that's already out. You know, so that that's kind of the problem with that. You know, and it's it's not a knock. Look, the film is what it is. I'm not a Marvel DC. I hate this. I hate that. No, have I been disappointed with the direction that DC took by chasing Marvel the way they did? Yes. Do I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe has put out higher quality films? Yes. Do I still enjoy the DC movies and put them on regularly? Fuck yeah, I do. You know, I put on Batman vs. Superman to go to bed to all the time. I put on Justice League just a couple nights ago. Um, actually, I'm sorry, just that's Batman vs. Superman is three hours. So no, Justice League is a solid two-hour cut. So yeah, I guess they're adding two hours worth of content. I'm sorry, I forgot about Your that. They cut that, movie, they cut that movie down specifically <laughs> to two hours because they were like, fuck all those Marvel movies. They're going two and a half hours long. They could suck our DC dicks. Yeah. Your mother's name was Martha, too. No. Why'd you say that name? Why? Yeah. Your dad was fucking my mom. What the hell's going on? It's going to be in the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Lois is getting finger cuffed between Superman and fucking Bruce, you know? <laughs> if, if Superman bust the nut, right? And it goes through Lois Lane and gets onto Bruce Wayne. Is that gay? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, the, no, that's like, you know, human centipede. <laughs> that's human centipede kind of shit right there. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I again, this is the trials and tribulations of fucking superpowered sex. I mean, it obviously could happen, man. You know, it, just, it just came to me because, you know, it was like the other day I was watching porn. And, you know, like the guys were going to finish, you know, doing their, their whole like, hey, we're going to both bust our, 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 our fun juice, you know, on, on this, this pretty young lady's face. And, like, the, the, the one dude, you know, did the, the regular, like, hey, I'm going to grab her by the top of the head and, like, tilt it back and all over the place, you know. And as he did, the other guy decided to, like, come forward as well. <laughs> and as he did so, like, I saw, it wasn't that he, like, aimed it in that direction, but it's like he obviously just didn't wait his turn. And the other guy's reaction, as, like, you see him, like, pull his arm, and he almost, like, jumped back completely rather than get sprayed. 
You know, and I would think that, you know, being that, like, this is the same scene that at one point both of their nuts were, like, slapping together since this was, like, a double penetration and all of that fun stuff. You know, it's like, really? I mean, you got a little bit of the guy's jizz on you, and that's going to bother you all that much. <laughs> that was the line, that was the line not to cross. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. I just watched this dude spit on this chick's face, wipe it all over her, and then you lick the side of it. So, like, that exchanging of fluid was okay, but if you got a little bit of his sperm on you, it's gay. Yeah. What's wrong with you, man? Priorities. We don't use the F word, man. <laughs> I was quoting Bill and Ted. <laughs> That's a dated reference. Being what's next? All right. So, well, speaking of F words, joining, <laughs> joining the ever-growing list of playable characters uh, that we've talked about or that I've brought to our attention, it seems now that the Predator himself is going to be joining the world of Fortnite as a playable skin. Is anybody so, playing that uh, anymore? Well, nah, apparently the Predator I don't know, man. <laughs> I've never played it at all, so I have no frame of reference. I'm just reporting it as I see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And true editorial fact he has no opinion it. on this piece. He's just reporting it. <laughs> Well, that's that's a good reporter no right on that there, one. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't need I don't need your opinion as a reporter. I just need you to tell me what the hell it is and let me make up my own damn mind. That's what I just did. <laughs> but as far as Fortnite goes, it seems to me like nobody's playing it anymore. Now, again, I've never been a big player of Fortnite, and all of my Fortnite, you know, studies engaging is based on the children that live within the household. Uh, one of those children was a huge Fortnite player, and she's now 10. And what kind of Fortnite player? Ask her, a huge, huge Fortnite player. Huge. Gigantic. <laughs> huge. Huge. It was huge, like my wall. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but definitely not like my dick, as we saw in that picture earlier today. So anyway, though, <laughs> so usually playing Fortnite, but now if I'm to ask, you know, I'll be like, oh hey, what's going on in the world of Fortnite? Uh, Fortnite is sus. It's lame. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good. Nobody plays Fortnite anymore. So I'm sure there is still plenty of people playing, but you know. Nobody that, that I know of anyway. And I just don't see the shit in stores. Like, a, you know, that's how I also always gauge shit. You know, back when Fortnite was like that big fucking phenomena, you saw it in every single fucking yeah. store. Big Check had fucking Fortnite shit. You know, Walgreens had Fortnite shit. It's like Fortnite, 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 Fortnite. You went to the fucking costume store, and it was like everything was a Fortnite costume. Yeah. I just <laughs> As Spirit Halloween for the past two, yep. two years. Every, everything was fucking Fortnite. <laughs> Uh, see, I thought it was the year before, and then last year it was just uh, Fortnite was like in the uh, bargain bin area. You know what I mean? You could buy the, uh, oh, the discount oh no, that's area. Right, cause it, cause, that's right, because it was the other video game that's out now, the big multiplayer game. Oh, crap. <laughs> that's not Fortnite. No, no, I'm not having a brain fart on it. <laughs> oh wait, there's other video games besides Fortnite. <laughs> nah, I know, I know, I know. Right now, like the big one among, it's literally. I don't want to say it's a big one amongst the kids, but it's funny because it's called Among Us. 
is the one that I keep hearing about. And I guess that this is like a big thing on, I don't know. I guess it's like the indie game that could, it came out in like 2018 and it's just all of a sudden it's like bloomed into this bigger game. I've heard okay. of that one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, only getting, uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not on the. It's not on the. Uh, it's not on regular systems. It's on PC. Might be on your phone, and I know it's on the Switch. I know me. I, I've been swimming around playing fucking basically, you know, Jaws Junior. Uh, nonstop. You know, the, the PS5 free release of the month is Man Eater, um, which is great. Man-Eater, if you have a PlayStation. Yes, if you have a PlayStation Five, I highly recommend it. If you don't. But you do have a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation account with the app. Go to the app and set up the game through that so that at least this way down the road, if you get a PlayStation 5, you'll have access to this game for free. Uh, It's one of those cool little cheats for those people that have not gotten their hands on a PlayStation 5 yet. Um, Like me. So you still get the – like you. (laughs) You don't have a PlayStation 4, so it's not even like you're you're not upgrading anyway at this point. Like you, like you, <laughs> for you. Uh, but yes, if any, you swim around start, start, starting as a little tiny baby bull shark that got ripped orca style out of his mother's womb um, by oh, a baby highly... shark, 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 baby yes, shark. Yes. <laughs> do, 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 baby oh. shark, do, 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 do. The king will be singing that all night now. Dude. He'll be rolling and fucking around in his bed. J.O. and Mrs. Mushroom. Daddy Shark. (laughs) King Shark. So anyway, though, so basically you're swimming around as this little baby shark eating like fish and fucking getting eaten by alligators at that point. But then, you know, you grow and you mutate and there's all kinds of like toxic waste. It's Grand Theft Auto, but you're a shark. You know, that grows. And there's like little things that you can do to change up your look and shit like that. Start eating people, which is fun. (laughs) Pulling up my truck. Permit me to? No. Say that again. It's Hall and Oates on the soundtrack with Maneater. Yes, yes. How do you know? Do, uh, you know what? As as lame as that might be, as a joke, you know, I will have to say it's pretty horrible <laughs> yes. that I spent I spent all day Friday okay. playing the game. Um, I was waiting for something, so as I spent all day Friday playing the game, in my head constantly throughout the day was, you know, whoa, here she comes. Watch out for her. She'll chew you up. It's been nonstop for a week. It just pops up in my head, and I'm like, ooh, I should play Man Eater right now. <laughs> oh, your dreams come true, that game. Bam. Do it again. Hall and Oates. Oh, wow. <laughs> Take pride in those jokes. Thank you, people. That's what I'm here for. Blame jokes. <laughs> oh, I'm totally <laughs> getting you <laughs> Next on horror news. (laughs) John Carpenter Presents, which has uh, partnered with, uh, you know, artists of different calibers to present different films and comic books, uh, is uh, developing a new partnership with Serial Box for a series of audio horror stories and podcasts. Uh, Carpenter himself will co-produce and the early plans right now are to create uh, five new series per year for the next two years. Uh, so John Carpenter presents uh, looking to tell stories uh, that you listen to in your ears. 
Joe Car- Carpenter better check his shit, man. No, we got podcasts. Or- he needs to stay the fuck out of podcasts. He goes or- to stories, but he's... <laughs> this is, man... Believe me, this don't don't you know this is the worldwide like internet web thing, you know, like uh, like Johnny Lawrence has told us, it's the interwebs, you know, we can all uh, we all share this infinite space that is the internet, you know, there is plenty well, yes, of, where I of, get my uh, of terabyte data <laughs> to get to get shit, including Star Wars. Yes, where I get all my hentai. <laughs> yes, where the monkey gets his hentai, where the ghoul gets his. This fucking collection of Star Wars. Ridiculous. <laughs> fucking preposterous. It really is. Totally out of control. So I, should be, I should be beaten. Stop asking. Just a pleasure. Just because the no. king was trying to get laid last week on the show doesn't mean you can sit there and ask the public to beat you. <laughs> the king The king got laid on the show last week? Like while we were brought no, he, he was asking. He was asking. He was asking to, is what I was saying. Why was he asking us? What does he need our permission for? He was asking. What the hell? For sex. If you're listening, ladies and gentlemen, the king of horror is in need. (laughs) So hit up our DM box where we get to there and message you on how to actually get to the king to give him a good time. How you can spend a romantic evening within the King of Horrors Chia Pet Garden. Valentine's Day <laughs> that, that, that should be that should be our Valentine's Day giveaway for the show. Win a date with the King. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. <laughs> It'll be like fucking Motel Hell. Okay. <laughs> the King and a bunch of fucking body parts with Chia fucking fur coming out of them. What the fuck? I'm dying. The front of my fucking Grogu was like dead. Like, yeah, I, just, I finally just wiped out the front of it. I gotta take out the back of it soon too. It's all like big, long, strangly fucking pubes now. Uh, yeah, same here. Yeah, my mind finally went. So yeah, <laughs> it's still alive. It's just like you said. It's just kind of I don't know gnarly. I like the better one. It's a clean little bush. Now it's like, yeah, now, it's, you know, now, now it reminds me of like my, my first girlfriend, you know, the first girl that I ever stuck my hand down her pants. The Chewbacca's armpit, you know? <laughs> I'm going in anyway, boys. Of course. We wish you, we wish you all the best of luck. <laughs> Come on, man, you know. That's the, those are those were the days. You, know, you, you give your friend a nice, nice stinky mustache type of deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guess where? Guess who else I was at? Y'all, you were at Natalie's too. <laughs> hey, I know that spell. Is that your mom? Ah, <laughs> yes, of course I am. <laughs> Always been a heathen. <laughs> JC was on the receiving end of way too many of those mustaches, man. <laughs> Poor kid. I, I feel bad for him, man. He saw shit that no nobody should have ever seen. Never see pays for itself. Okay, the gift of being my friend in high school. <laughs> <laughs> So, in other 
production company news, uh, Fangoria has entered the fray uh, by creating their Fangoria Studios, uh, which they are launching uh, to create a whole assortment of horror, genre, and sci-fi film and television projects, as well as podcasts. Uh, They are seeking to create new icons, both behind and in front of the camera. So Fangoria Studios uh, is launching itself into the world. Okay, uh, Dean, can I ask you about this one, man? Because I saw it when the King put it up on the Talking Terror page, and I'm just confused here because Fangoria was already making movies of their own, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah, so what's the difference here? It's like, because Fangoria was already putting out Fangoria. What's that, King? Producing, not releasing. They were producing underneath the Fangoria banner. It's an actual Fangoria so Fangor- Okay, so basically Fangoria was paying for them, or at least fronting some of the money. Now they're going to handle distribution as well? Correct. And, oh, okay. Uh, going back to uh, the late summer, Fangoria is also under new ownership. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one of their uh, new pursuits as well, uh, the, the new owners. No, I mean, are they going to be oh, looking okay, to like? Cool. Full, are they looking to like 100% fully produce like films? Are we talking like? Are they looking trauma style here now, where it's going to be all in-house type of deal, or or just still going to like pick yeah, and choose? I they want? have not seen information such as that. So I feel like it's kind of like they're doing the Shutter thing, you know, where Shutter is like, oh, hey, you made a movie, can we put our name on it? We'll put it out and say it was ours. No, I think they're trying to turn right. on original content as well. So a little bit of both. Oh, okay. I know that uh, Rebecca McKendry, who's been on our show, she has her own podcast uh, called Color of the Dark uh, that's going to be part of that studio. So they're going to be doing original content as well, as well as producing and getting distribution cool. for other projects. Filmmakers. So, yeah. So, basically, nice. if you'd like to sponsor a podcast, run by four jackasses that talk a lot of shit about horror, you know where to reach us. <laughs> we yeah. get around with it. Look, once we're done talking about penises and, and vaginas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's what I recommend. Make some fucking movies that are bloodier than bloody, okay? Like, give us some fucking Fango-style, off-the-wall, fucking balls-out craziness. Like that's what I feel. Yeah. Like. Oh, I yeah. want to see another. I want to see something like Dead Alive again. You know, like that's what yes. I'm in the mood for these days, man. Flag I bears. need something of that kind of thing. You know. I miss the gore and the blood and guts. I want to see it splatter all over the screen in buckets <laughs> of blood and viscera flying all over the place. That is what I miss. 2021 could be that year. <laughs> Put the gore back. Make horror gory again. <laughs> Zach the Mundo, so you get it. Yeah, I want that on a t-shirt. Make horror gory again. Make, make horror movies gory again. Oh, yes. excuse me. Sorry about that. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, moving on. Uh, I know how everybody has been so excited for the upcoming Godzilla versus King Kong movie, and your excitement can be even more excited were excitable because while it was supposed to come out on <laughs> May now. 21st, 
Uh, <laughs> it has now been announced that the Godzilla versus King Kong movie has been uh, pushed uh, forward, I guess, you or back. I, I, I never know with these up. movie terms, but it's like, now coming on up. March 26th, moved up to March 26th instead of May 21st. Uh, and that is going to be on HBO Max as well as in the theaters. So if you've been so excited for this, you're going to have to wait a less amount of time than originally thought to see Godzilla versus King Kong. It's such a word. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm say that again. Monkey, you're, you're, you're the big Toho guy. You know what I mean? This is, this is definitely more your wheelhouse than mine, as much as I love these films. I mean, what are your feelings on this? Uh, I'm just yeah, what are you trying to write it out. And, I'm trying to write it out and see how this goes because I would like while I enjoyed Godzilla King of Monsters, I'm just really not sure because I did not enjoy Kong at all. I I really really did not enjoy Kong. Um, wow. And I know you really really like it. Um, and, well, I, I would go as far as saying really really like it, but I liked it a hell of a lot more. Then I enjoyed Godzilla from 2014. So, oh yeah, see, the, yeah, I agree, man. That that, that was horrible, uh, <laughs> and I think King of Monsters made up for that. But but I don't know. I'm just like just waiting to see how this goes. It's like I I'm really really trepidatious here about this. I'm I'm really nervous because <laughs> I'm expecting this to be a big old piece of crap. <laughs> I don't know. Is, you know, I'm, is, Matthew, uh, is Matthew Broderick going to be in it? Yeah, <laughs> yes, he's got. He, yeah, he has ten cameos. Yes, and and he's going to have a little baby, <laughs> not Gatsuki, but it's another little baby iguana style Godzilla that he's going to go around and solve crimes and help the unhelpable people of New York City with. Um, I love the Godzilla yeah, cartoon he, series that came out in the nineties. That was fucking horrible. Yeah, he he keeps some fish in his pocket and just gives them to the little iguana every once in a while. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, nothing nothing like Godzilla and fucking I don't know reminded me of the old Denver the Last Dinosaur cartoon. Man, but see that was actually a good cartoon. Anyway, no, that's so good, yeah. Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, I do. I love fucking Denver the Last Dinosaur, man. Like I got, I went through such a phase as a kid where I loved dinosaurs. So, and again, for this point, you're talking about the pinnacle of dinosaur movies was Baby. Okay, so this, you know, Jurassic Park hadn't <laughs> yeah. occurred yet, so Baby had come out, and it was all like, holy shit, man, that's the most real fucking dinosaur I've ever seen. Now I watch that, and I'm like, dude, I really fucking, I, did I also think that McDonald's fucking characters, like when I'd see the little stands, the playground things, like did I think those were real too? Like was I really that far out? Um possibility. So with Kong versus Godzilla, though, yeah, you know, as far as the movie goes, I've kind of lowered my expectations for all of these films, and I found that it helps me enjoy them more. Yes, McCheese. I love Mayor McCheese. He's my favorite. Um, (laughs) The Hamburger, who I want to watch. Anyway, so my sex fantasies notwithstanding. So with Kong versus Godzilla, I almost wonder if this whole pushing it up had something to do with the legendary pictures issue who weren't happy with uh, HBO putting the movie out. 
mm-hmm. which I believe was la- part of like last week's news or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, see, sometimes sometimes yeah. I listen as much as I talk. And uh, so, so I almost wonder if this is kind of like a fuck you, or is this what they kind of came up with? Like, hey, you know, we know you didn't want us to release this on HBO Max, so you know what? Instead of doing it in the summer as a summer blockbuster, fuck you, we're gonna do it in March now, bitches. Um, so, I know February or March was always like, I was dead season, know, death knell. Yeah, it's, you know, January, February, March. I mean, late March, sometimes you got a semi-big blockbuster release or something that a studio felt might have legs but wasn't quite sure. Like, I think Captain Marvel got released in March, um, if I remember that one correctly. Uh, you know, and that was something where they were like, oh, you know, maybe it'll be a hit, maybe it won't. Um, but then, look, look what it ended up doing. You know, made all kinds of money. Yep. <laughs> so, Dean, all right. So, what else? Are you excited for Congress? Is Godzilla King? King? How do you feel about it? It's the King of Monsters, and you're the King of Horror. Those two titans should meet. Up. I've been, you know, uh, yeah, that would be great. You no, know, I already said I'm excited for it. You know, I love Adam Wingard. You know, I think he's a great director. I think that King uh, Kong Skull Island was fantastic. I know that the monkey hated it. I loved it. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of Godzilla as I am of King Kong, so I'm looking forward to seeing these two really hash it out, and hopefully it won't be all done in the dark, like Godzilla movies usually are, where you can't see shit and only see shadows. So as long as he does at least one battle during the day, I'd be happy. Even at dusk. It's like, oh, hey, look, it's 6 o'clock and they're fighting. <laughs> this is nice. Well, from the little snippet that. of, like, teaser uh, GIF, GIF, whatever the fuck, like, I don't know, whatever they released. It's literally like, you know, the one popping out of the water. That's like in the daylight. So I'm, I am, I'm having hope yeah. that that actually is, is fact and that we are going to get some, some daylight battles. That, uh, yeah, that, again, that Godzilla movie, they killed me with that night. Yeah. I remember sitting there in the theater and being like, yeah, okay, something's happening. I think, I think there's more than one of these uh, mudos or whatever they are. I think. Yeah. Oh look, the parachutes uh, are see, finally coming into the movie. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I see a parachute. <laughs> oh, oh wait, is that a Godzilla fin? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah. no! Quicksilver, why? <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> but Dean, what do you have next? We all talked so much and had such high hopes. Uh, for Quibi, Swanson uh, <laughs> TV series uh, as part of its failed of the failed streaming service of which it was presented, and then it moved over to the CW. Excuse me, it moved over to the CW, where apparently uh, it was very successful as the CW really? presented Swamp Thing. So much, yes, successful oh. to the point where there was even chatter that was starting about whether or not they were going to move into a second season. Uh, but it has been announced, unfortunately, uh, that for the time being, uh, the Swamp Thing has come to the end of the line, as there will be no more Swamp Thing new episodes on the CW. So if you were one of those out there, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, I know you were excited and looking forward to it, but you will just have to exist with what we have uh, in the world of the Swamp. I'm pretty sure it's available. And maybe on go HBO back and Max watch the original movie. The other WV stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Not the WB stuff, uh, the DC Universe stuff. All the DC Universe shit moved over to, to HBO Max, and uh, they're actually taking, I guess they're taking over all of that because uh, DC Universe is going to be moving on to, I think they're calling it like DC Ultimate or something like that now. Um, they'll still be charging, you know, whatever they charge per month. You know, I have, you know, typical me, I have the service, I have no idea what I pay for it. Um, <laughs> but they're going to be rem- they're going to be removing all of like the uh, the TV and film style acts uh, access stuff, and that's all going to move over to the HBO Max thing, and it's going to strictly be comic books. There'll be you know exclusive digital content, you know comic books that are only going to be on the on the DC Universe Ultimate app. Uh, again, like I said, I don't even know the fucking name of it. I just know I have it. It's just I flip through it every now and again and like read a couple of comics, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go read a book instead. Uh, same thing I do with the Marvel app. You know, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to sit on the toilet, take a dump. What should I do? I'll flip through a comic book real quick and, ooh, do that. And then, you know, I'm like, ooh, let me wipe. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have any toilet paper. So I start yelling across the house. <laughs> it's a normal day. You know, like, cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're behind the scenes on the cool. What he yeah. does at home. Yes, yeah. so we know. I always have bit. And I always have tr- I always have fucking baby wipes in the fucking bathroom because I don't believe in dry wiping. So it's just uh, that's we a, know yeah. <laughs> it's against my religion. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a religious uh, situation, but uh, we'll take yeah, your word for it. You know what? When you have an asshole as clean as mine, you'd understand that it's a religious experience. Uh, right. <laughs> Second fucking uh, cleanest thing on this planet next to Jesus Christ Himself. Well then, I am uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> The Swamp Thing is not Torre, on HBO Max right now. <laughs> Just for the record. No, I'm sorry. Uh, second season thing? for you. You cannot uh, get the Swamp Thing on HBO Max. It's not airing there. Ah, the sorry. So. Bad info on my part. My bad. Uh, maybe with the switch over yeah, to no, the no, W. Please, please, please don't feel bad. Uh, it's not that big a deal. I just wanted to make sure that we had the accurate information for our loyal listeners. I, I do agree there. So that's who Thank I'm you, actually Mom. apologizing to. I'm not apologizing to you in any way. Um, but, yes, I'm so sorry. Like I said, I, I use, unfortunately, again, something I have access to, HBO Max. Typically, I think I've used it like five times out of all this time that I've had it. You know, I just I, I forget exactly what I ended up using it for. It might have been a movie for the show. But, you know, I just don't use it enough. I'm too busy buying fucking movies and watching Love Island. Mm. <laughs> you really like that stuff. Dude, no, I'm telling you now, man. Season six, one, there's only 36 episodes. And this is the season that literally went into... Only 36 like they, episodes. Listen, of the season, season, five, the season, season has 36 episodes? Listen, season four and five had 50 episodes, Okay. So How long are the episodes? Each episode's like forty-five minutes to an hour. Um, well, and it's a, you know, it's, it's a, and it's like a, and it's just look, just I want to make this one of, before you explain, I just want a couple of clar, I've like a quick clarifying question. So there's fifty sure. episodes in the season. Each episode is forty-five minutes. And Love Island, if I'm not correct, and I might be incorrect because I don't watch this shit, but this is like a a last couple standing. Who gets the girl? winner dating type of show? Is that what this is? Yeah, kind of. I mean, essentially what they do is is they take, to to start off the show, right, first episode, they take five 
pretty guys or five pretty girls, and they introduce them into this villa, which normally is in, on an island in Spain. Um, this particularly last season is in South Africa. Um, or this Welcome to Talking Terror, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Talking Terror via Love Island. So then what happens is you got those five girls, right? So then they introduce five guys into the villa, and they have them all pair up. Um, but, you know, like let's say, you know, Joe A picks Susie, and then Joe B gets the next choice. If he wants, he could pick Susie as well and take her away from the other guy, shifting that guy to the side. So there's always a power struggle right from the start between people that are good-looking, people that aren't, and all of this shit. So then you have those, those, those people. By the end of the first episode, though, they always throw in an extra person, whether it's a guy or a girl. And typically, they're the ones that are now in there to kind of stir the fucking shit up. Now, throughout the course of the season, what you're going to get is every episode is a day. You know, fast forwarded, obviously. They're taking 24 hours and putting it into a 45-minute episode. But it's a day in the villa with these people. Sometimes they're doing, like, games and shit like that to get closer as friends or couples. But for the most part, it's people shit-talking each other. Guys trying to get with girls, girls trying to get with guys, girls trying not to look like whores, even though they want to be whores. You know, guys trying not to look like douchebags, even though they are complete douchebags. They're all the most vain fucking people on the face of this planet. I've never seen so much makeup before in my life. You know, it's, 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 it is the ultimate in just vapid, brainless entertainment. Because some of the shit that these people say and do is just utterly just ridiculous. But it is so much fun to watch. This is only, the only version I watch is the UK version because the American version just sucks. It's proof that American people are fairly fucking boring. The UK people, though, this man, they are a good fucking time. You know what it is, too, I think, on uh, American TV? You can't curse, you can't do this, you can't do that. The first season of Love Island had people fucking on TV like crazy, like jackrabbits you know, to the covers in there, man. Like, you're watching the one dude bang this fucking girl, dude. It was, like, wild. That's why nobody got pregnant. It's probably why they don't seem to have sex anymore. <laughs> So yes, this, sorry. So anyway, the whole reason behind that is this latest season is only 36 episodes. The thing was is that they started this season in January, whereas normally they do it in the summer in Spain. This year they started in January of 2020 in South Africa, which we all know COVID hit. So we got 36 episodes. I don't know if this season got completed or if it got cut short. And we only got about eight more episodes to go, so I'm hoping it didn't get fucking cut short because I want to see who won. And it's all for $50,000. That's what it comes down to. So mm. all these people are like scumbags to one mm. another. And really, in the end, you win fifty grand, You get put up on a podium, the couple that wins, right? And the host gives them both envelopes. One envelope has $50,000 in it. The other envelope is empty. So now at that point, the person that has the $50,000 envelope has a choice to make. Did they play the game to win just the money? Or did they find love and want to actually split the money with the person and continue a relationship? And so far, everybody has done the noble thing and stayed in their relationship, you know, which is kind of a bummer. Because I want to see that person come up, actually play the game, win that shit, and then be like, ah, bitch, I don't like you. Or you know, some girl be like, honey, money, 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 money. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. what? I, based on all of your talk, 
maybe I would take a look at this thing if it was like in the 10 to 12 episode range. But if you got to watch mm-hmm. 35 to 50 fucking episodes to find out, there's not <laughs> a chance. There's not a chance. The first, season, <laughs> you know, the first couple of seasons never. were not that long. The first, co- the first two seasons were like 25 to 30 episodes. I know that's long. That's insane. But the idea, well, again, the idea is, is they have, they're staying in there for a month to two months. So that's why it's so many episodes. They're giving you every day that they're in the villa. You know what I'm saying? So that's why there's so many episodes. You get caught up on it, man. It's a whole summer that they're there. Well, they did the, they did the 30-day thing, and I guess they felt like you couldn't develop a bit. They, they couldn't, not only you couldn't develop enough relationships, but then they started throwing in this, this extra twist where mid-season they take, you know, either the girls or the guys, and they'll put them in an entirely another villa with five new girls or five new guys. So now it's like, okay, they were already in a relationship, but do they now flip and fuck over their partner? And then they make them come back. And if they, like, come back with that person from the other villa, it puts the other person in jeopardy and shit. Like, again, like I said, man, it's like the scummiest the scummy shit, dude, but you just can't not watch it. It's like you want to know. I don't normally like reality TV at all. I don't watch this shit. But for some reason, this show and the way these people are, it fucking kills me. Like, I love watching it. <laughs> All right. Twenty-five. I mean, everybody has everybody has their thing. Um, I, I hope it brings continues to bring you joy. <laughs> as long as I keep giving us good-looking girls, man. This latest season, I'll be honest, man. The five girls that like started it, they were hideous. And I'm like sitting there the whole time, like holy fuck. And then they get, then they brought them to the other villa. And introduced the five new girls, and it was like everybody else. Everybody else watching must have been complaining about the same thing because there were a bunch of knockouts, like in the in the new one. And it was like, yeah, you knew guys were jumping ship at that point. The one dude who had been in a relationship for like three and a half weeks was like, yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, he's a, he found a connection with this other chick within three days that he didn't feel in three and a half weeks with the other girl that he was with. <laughs> and then she wonders why. I'm like, yeah, look at yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I know I sound like that is terrible, but you know, unfortunately, she's just not a pretty girl. She's not nice either. Like, if she had a really nice, warm personality, like I get it, but she's just a very bitter, like politically motivated, like just angry bitch. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't really feel all that bad. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I won't stop. Okay, so please, Dean. What else is next? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, every holiday, we're blessed by the good people at Shudder with uh, a, a special. And this Valentine's Day will be no different as Shudder has announced the Joe Bob Briggs Valentine's Day double feature known as Joe Bob Put a Spell on You. Uh, this is going to be live on Shudder on February 12th. And as always, the two titles that Mr. Briggs is going to be presenting are being kept secret up until uh, the airtime, which they always say. And then, like the day before, they're like, "Guess what movies they're showing?" So, uh, so there you have it. Joe Bob put a spell on you for Valentine's Day. Very nice. Okay, what else do you got? There? We also. Uh, want to talk about how uh, we all are fans of Friday the 13th 
Part 6, Jason Lives. And mm-hmm. On Set Cinema annually uh, has shown uh, Friday the 13th Part 6 at Camp uh, Daniel Morgan, where Friday the 13th Part 6 has in Georgia, where it was filmed. And this year, uh, they're doing something a little bit different. Uh, if, obviously, of course, if COVID allows. But the plan right now is on the weekend of, on, on the three days of August 13th through 15th, and then August 15th through 17th, uh, they are presenting a short summer camp experience where Camp Daniel Morgan is going to turn into Camp Forest Green, a.k.a. Camp Crystal Lake. And again, this is in Rutledge, Georgia. And at this time, they have none other than the original director, Tom McLaughlin, uh, who will be there to take part in this experience. He will be signing autographs, posing for photos on the pier, and also participating in a Q&A while also presenting the film, which will be shown over the water where you will be able to watch from the water or from the pier. Uh, there is also going to be tours of the uh, cemetery where Jason uh, was electrified by lightning back to life, uh, as well as all around the camp. Uh, there is going to be shared cabins, camp games, bonfires uh, around the property. There will be VHS horror movies playing on tube TVs, and uh, they will be presenting this as a, as a short camp experience. Uh, if you don't want to share a cabin with strangers and you going with friends, it's important that you all register at the same time and uh, request the same cabin, or you're also welcome to bring uh, a tent and spread out all over the spacious grounds. Uh, you, everybody does have to provide all of their own food, uh, but Friday the 13th and Onset Cinema, uh, where Onset Cinema, Cinema is presenting this uh, camp experience uh, with, the, with the site Camp Daniel Morgan uh, to celebrate Friday the 13th, Part 6. Uh, that's taking what, place this August. the cafeteria is not going to be open? <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> but if you are such a fan of Friday the 13th, Part 6, and want to hang with director Tom Coughlin, uh, this, is your, this is your chance. Your opportunity has come true. And if only we had the money. <laughs> right? I would so be down for that. That would be a fucking incredible weekend. Hang out with Tom McLaughlin. <laughs> Because you know, because so you cool. know, me, King, I hate, I hate camping. I, I hate camping, but I would be willing to do this. <laughs> yeah, we're opposites, but I, I love camping. That would be a great fucking weekend. Yeah, have to check that out. Uh, like link a, is up. On sounds Facebook like a super fun weekend. That sounds like a like a great time to me. Now, uh, also, uh, moving on, uh, we have talked previously on how the sci-fi network uh, is currently working on a 10 episode series called day of the dead. Uh, it turns out mm-hmm. that a man named Steve, a man named Steve Kostansky is directing four of the 10 episodes. And uh, he has called it quote, a scrappy low budget affair also is claiming that uh, this is tying back to the original 1985 film. He said he uh, isn't allowed to say anything more than that, but he did say that this will tie to the 1985 film. And he also said that uh, Masters, Masters Effects, 
uh, is doing the special effects, and the special effects for the zombies right now are looking spectacular. So if you have been waiting with bated breath for the upcoming sci-fi Day of the Dead series, uh, director Steve Kosansky, uh is is trying to, to make you more excited about it. Well, you know he's definitely not going to go, hey, our zombies look like shit. <laughs> of course he's going to say, hey, everything is we're coming along just great. Just stay tuned. So we'll have something for you soon. But I like the fact that he's doing it because Master Effects did the effects for Psycho Gorman. They also did the effects for The Void, which Kostansky directed. So, yeah, if he's saying it looks good, I believe him because they do some really great work with their practicals. So now I'm actually kind of cool. excited to check out David Dead series. There you have it from the King of Horror himself, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, we have talked about this uh, show, how we have some fondness for the creature series Ghoulies, and it's been 27 yeah. years since the Ghoulies have graced our screens. Uh, but don't blah, forget, blah. because... Uh, one of the more popular, and this one might be of interest to the monkey, uh, but given uh, that Ghoulies 2 remains one of the more popular entries in that realm, uh, the uh, the fine folks over at Trick or Treat Studios uh, has announced for 2021 uh, that they have created both Fish Ghoulie and Cat Ghoulie puppets uh, that they're going to be selling in 2021, as well as masks. Uh, these are uh, created as replicas down to every single detail from the original uh, cat and fish ghoulies from Ghoulies 2. Uh, there's no release date yet, uh, but these are in their catalog, and I did see a photo of them. They do look pretty cool. So if you're a yeah, fan of do. ghoulies and want ghoulie, <laughs> ghoulie puppets or ghoulie masks, now is the time for you to, to start to uh, pay attention for when a release date might come out. Yeah, I saw the p- picture that the king put up on the Talking Terror page, and and they look really nice. They look like some really really good sculpts. Mm-hmm. Especially the fish uh, ghoulie, which is my favorite. That would be great to have that puppet. <laughs> Trick or Street and yeah, Trick or Treat Studios definitely charges you for those, but the quality is good. So can't knock them for the quality. Tag is you can't knock them for the quality. I wonder what those things are going to cost. <laughs> Only time will tell. I would now probably make around nine hundred. Uh, finally, uh, I just want to wrap up by saying uh, that Shudder uh, has announced uh, some of their plans for new content for the year, and they are very excited to tell us that uh, they are very excited about their upcoming 11 different films that they are going to be releasing. Uh, they're films that come from five different countries on three different continents, uh, a mix of dark comedy, survival horror, uh, period, period psychological thrillers and creature features uh, that they're very, very excited about. So uh, as Shudder continues to grow in their popularity and their delivery of original content, uh, as well as improving upon their existing library uh, of films from other studios, uh, it's looking like Shudder is going to continue to be the place to be for horror uh, streaming into our devices in 2021. Yeah, actually, that being said, um, I just wanted to actually uh, piggyback that with the Divas now watching a show called D- uh, Discovery of Witches, which is a Shudder 
original show, but um, she's watching it now on free streaming service like Tubi or something like that. And it's just, you know, it threw me off that Shudder is now sharing its stuff out there for other streaming services to pick up. That's a collaboration. That's uh, Sundance and Shudder, Discovery Witches. So it's two uh, two services that are actually producing that show. Yeah, but so still, it just threw me off though that. Yeah, but it still threw me off though that they're sh- sharing their stuff with other free streaming services though, like to, like Tubi and Pluto and stuff like that. It's an extension of, of what the company is, and that's why it's sustaining the way that it is. So, but it's great to see within eleven movies within eleven weeks, you know, different continents. Maybe even a ghost story, like the one that we have to share with you tonight, which is the monkey's pick. <laughs> Good story, 1981, by John Irvine. Monkey, why don't you take us away into the land of the stories of ghosts? All yes, right. please do that. <laughs> this is the story of the Chowder Club, a group of old friends who get together once a month to share tales of suspense, shock, and horror. Much like us, your frightful foursome here at Talking Terror. <laughs> but this has been a tradition of the Chowder Club since they were young men. That is until weird events start to happen and the members of the Chowder Club are being picked off one by one. Is this all a coincidence or is possibly something dark or more sinister at hand? Alright, this is my first time watching this movie. I found out about it while watching Eli Roth's History of Horror. I picked this movie just because I wanted to pick a cold winter film for this cold wintry time of the year. And just in my opinion, cold snow and ice-filled winter horror movies are a little bit on the scare side compared to, you know, what we usually get of, you know, middle-of-summer slashers. So, uh, you know, I thought it'd be an interesting turn. Um, I thought this film, though, seriously, was a little bit on the dry side. <laughs> while, while it was still a really relaxing film, I almost felt like I was watching, like, an 80s uh, Wonderful World of Disney made-for-TV movie rather than a horror movie. And while I did enjoy the, what creature effects were in the movie, I think they were like too little too late. But I, I think we could have used a lot more of everything. I felt this film was quite, actually quite lacking on the horror. And I was just so hoping for more of the like ghost stories of the Chowder Society interwoven into the film. Like, uh, yeah, again, guys, like I, I thought this was, movie was pretty much just a flop. I was really, really hoping for just something more, especially after the way they talked about it on History of Horror. I was really, really hoping for something that would be something to really bring to the table. But not in my opinion, this, this was not it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Ghoul, what would you think about Ghost Story? Monkey, you know, normally, man, I see your picks, and I'm like, Oh, shit. What did the monkey pick this time? You know, it's always something older or something classic. Like, he did a silent movie, uh, silent. Phantom of the Opera. Um, but, you know, more often than not, I always find myself really enjoying or appreciating those films. You know, for whether it's for the artistic value or the historical merit of those pictures in horror history. Um, And in the case of this movie, it just fucking sucked. What a 
boring slag of a film, man. Like, it just... I, uh, uh, I watched it today. I own it, okay? I paid $13 for it. I know you gave I us gave you a YouTube free link. link. I know. You know me and my television. I don't like having to go through YouTube, plus the rewind function on YouTube is a bitch. I can't tell you how many times I go to, like, pause it, and I hit the wrong button, and it fucking stops it, and then I have to start it all over again from the beginning and then figure out the controls to get the fucking thing back to where I was. It just drives me nuts, man. So, you know what? I said, I'll bite the fucking bullet. I'll buy the damn flick. Watched it in HD, which was at least nice because the picture was good. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the story itself was just kind of like flashback fucking city. Like flashbacks within flashbacks within flashbacks. (laughs) Did the present ever happen in this movie? Did it? I'm not even sure. I still don't even know what I watched. They had sex. That was good. There were good sex scenes. The sex scenes were fucking fantastic. That much I'll give yeah, you. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so, Dean, what'd you think about Ghost Like Fred Astaire. <laughs> like Fred Astaire. Uh, no. Um, I want to dance like Ginger Rogers. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll PayPal anyone two bucks right now if they know what that reference is right now without looking. No, sorry. I don't even know so what you said. I said, he will <laughs> dance like Fred Astaire. Um, anyway, uh, so here we have Ghost Story from, from 1981. And I, and I have to say uh, that I'm going to uh, slightly uh, disagree with what I've heard so far. Uh, so in the realm of horror, in all the different styles of horror movies that are out there, one of the ones that I am particularly fond of are the ghost story uh, types of horror movies. Hence my my love of the changeling, uh, if you will. Now, mm-hmm. um, given the the breadth of like ghost story horror movies that I've seen over the years, uh, watching uh, this film, uh, I found the story to be. Uh, fairly predictable once it really got going and kind of figured out exactly what was going on and what the case was going to be pretty, not, not early, but fairly early on was like, all right, this is how this is going to play out for the most part. And while I was not correct on every piece of it, um, you know, I, I pretty much did have it figured out. Um, yes. Given its time frame uh, being like 1981, where like in that kind of like, mid 70s to like pre slasher 80s you know a lot of films in all genres uh, deal with issues of like pacing and scenes being kind of longer slower than they need to be or scenes where characters are moving from one place to the next take take too much time Uh, so I found there to be issues with the pacing Um, there were some very uh, famous performers in this film um you know, again, uh, I appreciated the effects. I appreciated the sex. Um, but as a ghost story, I found this to be a, a good ghost story. And uh, I, I learned after watching it that uh, this was originally a book written by Peter Straub and uh, is considered to be one of the best ghost story books uh, that's ever been written, which... Uh, you know, sounded pretty interesting to me. So I did actually use 
uh, my thrift books website that I told you guys about and ordered myself a used copy of the book because I'm looking forward to read the book. So I did not dislike this film. Um, I actually, uh, you know, I'm curious to hear some, some thoughts as our discussion rolls on because there are some things, that, some questions that I have about a couple of the characters that maybe I missed something that I shouldn't have. But um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and say that I thought this was terrible or didn't like it. I was, I was into it. I kind of enjoyed this one. Okay, cool. Uh, King, what did you think of it, man? Uh, I actually rented this back when I was in seventh grade, a VHS copy of, of it. Because I was looking for the- <laughs> Are you sure it was seventh grade? <laughs> yes, it was seventh. I remember because I was in MEMS, the middle school at the time, when I rented it, and I went to the home video center uh, to rent it. So video I did rent center. it. Uh, what's that? Video home center. Get it right. Yeah, I know. I said it wrong, but either way. You know the place I'm talking about. Anyway, I rented yeah, well, it. Be, uh, I didn't like be it. Be respectful. <laughs> I know. I should be respectful. But we're talking about ghost stories. Anyway, uh, rather than didn't really like it because I thought The Changeling uh, is a much better ghost story with George C. Scott. Um, and it's funny that Melvin Douglas appears in this movie as Dr. John Jaffe, who's also in uh, The Changeling as uh, Senator Carmichael in Changeling. But it's just it's a very slow-paced <laughs> movie. The, the interesting thing about it is the ghost and how it all comes together with these four old men and the Chowder Society. Uh, and this revenge plot, as it were, with mm-hmm. this ghost, and including mm-hmm. two mental patients, Gregory and Fanny Bate, uh, twisted, seeking immortality that is promised to them. So it's kind of an interesting thing going for it. It's just it it, it lacks the the pacing that I would like in a, a film like Supernatural-wise. Because I'm not a big mm-hmm. Supernatural fan, uh, ghost-wise. I don't like them. Amityville Horror and I think The Changeling are the two that I really like and everything else. Falls by the wayside, but the uh, ghost story is it's interesting for somebody that wants to get into uh, ghost films and supernatural. Uh, I think it'll it'll hold their attention for the most part. It's got some cool flashbacks. Problematic because the four leads, the old men, are not very good characters whatsoever, um, and it gets problematic when you see back in 1930 what they, exactly they do with Eva, um, and why she ends up being the ghost that she becomes. So even <laughs> watching it, it's kind of cringeworthy watching their affections towards her and how it plays out, but we'll get into it. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice kind of cold weather movie. Mm-hmm. I will agree with the monkey on that. Yeah. Um, I, so I apologize real, for laughing like that. I just want to interject. The only reason I'm laughing is I was, I happened to be flipping through something and I saw somebody wrote, it was cool to see Biden make his oath on the first edition of Stephen King's The Stand, which was just, Fucking great, man! Did you see the size of the Bible that he took the oath on? It's fucking huge. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay, I, I, I get it. Um, so real quick before we get into it, just for shits and grins, um, spoiler free, uh, King or Ghoul back in the day, did either of you guys read the book? Yeah, no? I had a copy of it. Okay, uh, what, what about you, Ghoul? Because I know you were a big Stephen King fan, and I know you definitely read the one that he collaborated with with Stephen King. Did you read the book at all or no? Well, I'm sorry, what book? The Ghost oh, Story. Oh, yeah. The, the... Sorry, yes, Peter Straub. I'm sorry. My Again, my brain is fucking floating away at the moment. Uh, yeah, he uh, he did with that. I know he's done a couple with Peter Straub, um, but it was uh, like I know the two main ones were The Talisman and Black House. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, like I said last week, you know, I, you know for, te- for me, te- I read them out of order, unfortunately. I didn't know that they were uh, a series. I mean, they kind of are. The Black House is a continuation of a character from the Talisman. Um, but, uh, you know, like the reason I even read them to begin with is because they kind of connect to the, to the Dark Tower series. You know, all things are connected to the wheel. Um, right. And, yeah, I, I loved Black House. Like, you know, I loved Black House so much that when I read Talisman, it was kind of a letdown because Talisman kind of came off almost as childish. And, I mean, that's part and due to the age of the lead character, um, who, is a, who is a kid in that book versus when he's an adult in Black House. But Black House played very much like a, uh, like a horror-slash-detective novel, whereas Talisman had more of a fantasy quality about it. Uh, but, yeah, I love Black House. Black House is fucking the tits, man. Okay, cool. Uh, not a question, but uh, okay, uh, okay, yeah. But uh, I, I like how the, the movie starts off of just a bunch of old fucks sitting around a fire, telling us a ghost story, and um, we start to get these interweavings of what's go, you know, of the actual story going on as they're telling it. And again, it's being narrated by America's favorite old fuck sitting in front of a fireplace, just like in the movie Scrooge, because it's the same fucking actor sitting in front of a fireplace. (laughs) You know, but this is what I was expecting the entire movie to be was from just, again, the way they were talking about it on the history of horror was a bunch of old dudes just sitting around telling stories, and it was going to be a collection of just short stories. That's how they were making it sound. And that, that, unfortunately, this is nothing of what we got. But, you know, this is us getting into the whole thing is a ghost story. Don't you get it? It's all a ghost story. They're all in a ghost story. Yeah, I got that. (laughs) That's the twist. (laughs) You know, but as we get get this going... (laughs) Yeah, but as that's going on, and they say, say their goodnights and stuff like that, you know, we get introduced to our four heroes, or you know, whatever. Um, and then it cuts to New York, and, th- and then we get to see some weird ass shit going on in an <laughs> in a New York apartment. <laughs> and it's just, I, I was just laughing my ass off because it's trying to be scary, trying to be scary, you know. At, <laughs> As yeah, as David's going around, yeah, as David Davidson is having this weird ass moment with a chick in the apartment. She's being weird, freaks out, turns to a fucking corpse, and then immediately flies through the window. And then we have these really bad Sam Raimi effects of a dude falling naked <laughs> off the fucking skyscraper, dick flapping in the wind and everything against just a you know really bad uh, Sammy. Sam Raimi t- type shot and this really bad broken glass that's supposed to be a thing. It's just the effect was just fucking horrible. I was laughing my ass off at this effect. It's, it's 1981. <laughs> I thought it was fucking great. This is actually for me, it's probably the best scene in the whole movie. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, I, again, the movie started and I'm groaning. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And then this scene happened. The cool girl actually had gotten up and she was starting to walk out of the room. And then the guy got flung out the window and she turned and looked and he saw his dick. 
and she was like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't so terrible. Um, you know, you, like she always says, you never, see enough, you never see enough dick in film, you know what I mean? I mean, you got to watch any, uh, not Seth Rogen, the other guy, man, uh, you know, fucking Saving Sarah Marshall, or Forgetting Sarah Marshall, or whatever Jason it is. Uh, Jason Segal. Yeah, Jason Segal, he loves to show his dick, dude. It's fucking fantastic. Um <laughs> Give that guy a lot of credit, man. A lot of credit. His fucking penis is all over that movie. But, you know, so so here we go. We got the guy. And, I, of course, I'm looking at him going, holy shit, it's the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. You know, I've never seen him in anything else besides that movie, you know. And, uh, and yeah, so, so so that's that. But, yeah, we saw his dick. Yes, He's got a yeah, twin brother, too. It won't be, and it won't be the last time, either. <laughs> We're going to see it again later. <laughs> You know, for years I thought he was Bill Maher. Um, so when like, Bill Maher like, came on the scene <laughs> in the 90s, I was, like, I was like, oh shit, dude. I go, it's the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. But then I found out that it wasn't. And now watching this movie, I'm like, this guy must have been bummed out because his role in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is almost the exact same role as, as in this. Um, so he must have been like, oh, fuck. No, no wonder they picked me for this movie. But, uh, yeah, I actually thought for years, too, that he was actually a porn actress, similar to the guy that did the last, uh, whatever, the greatest American hero, who I thought he was in porn for years. Um, this actor, too, there was a guy in a movie called Wanda Whips Wall Street, which actually came out the same year as this movie. And the guy kind of looks like this dude. And, again, I thought he looked like him in, you know, from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. But, you know, I think I remember going back and finding out that, no, he's not moonlighting as a regular actor and a porn actor at the same time. No. No, that's what he's... Nor was the greatest American hero, so... No. <laughs> but David's the opposite of Don. Not a successful, you know, teacher, formerly a teacher, coming home for his brother's funeral and his father, Ned Wanderley, not impressed by the way he looks. You know, oh, you look like you're fucking shit. It's like, well, no, he looks okay. You wear a sweater. His hair's not cold, but you fucking hippie. In my house for yeah. your brother's funeral. Why can't you be successful? <laughs> well, he's not wearing a tie like you're supposed to. You know, he's you know, wearing a turtleneck, for Christ's sake. <laughs> he, Ten years. And, 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 and these guys know how to fucking dress. But, yeah, you know, and then we have this weird moment of – you know, them having a kind of a father-son moment until he's like, hey, yeah, um, I slept with my brother's fiance, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You and then he starts, freaking, and he starts freaking out going, man, just, your brother isn't even in the fucking grave. You're talking about how you fucking fuck this fiance. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, hey, man, anyone in the storm, you know so I have to get it, but it's the following day when he sees his son David wandering out in the snow. He's like, Jesus Christ, you're my only son. David, come back here. And now men walk up and say, hey, where are you going, Mayor? Well, okay, have a good day. Not going to stop you from doing whatever you do. Any port in the storm? Walking around town in your pajamas in a fucking snowstorm. But, hey, who am I to judge you, Mr. Mayor? Go ahead and you do you. Yeah, I didn't and realize he was the mayor until I saw that said at, like, another point. You know, they were like, oh, say something for the mayor. And I'm like, wait, he was the fucking mayor, too? He's the mayor of Milburn. He's the, you know, the big guy in town. But, yeah, it's the tow truck driver, too, that sees, like, everything in this fucking movie and does nothing. 
He's like, well, that's the damnedest thing I ever saw. The mayor's on that bridge. Looks like he might go over. And there he goes. After a sight of a ghost. <laughs> Weird shit. Holy shit. It's great. <laughs> that that particular scene of the uh snowplow driver, I, if this I was thinking like, yep, that's the Stephen King role. You don't want to go down that rod. No way, Mr. Man. <laughs> but but with Wanderly dead now uh I'm kind of wondering if this is really what happened, if it's a suicide, if it was a murder. But we also get introduced to the Eva Gali house which is now in ruins and being occupied by Gregory and Fenny Bates. And this is what Ricky, played by Fred Astaire, discovers, that there's these two fucking delinquents living in this house who know who he is, know his name, and know the woman that used to live there. And incensed by what they're doing there, he immediately sends the most aloof sheriff ever over to that house to figure out what's going on. I was like, okay, we're going to start dying now. He's going to get stabbed to death. No, he just wanders around, sees a crow, and goes, oh, that's crazy. And then he just fucking disappears. Until the ending of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird thing. Like, yeah, okay, so they're not there. Yeah. yeah, straight up Halloween 2 police department here. <laughs> well, even worse than the Halloween 5 cops. Oh, that had whimsical clowns. Yeah, but um, yeah. this is where we also our introduction to Don wanting to join the Chowder Society by telling a ghost story of his own where when he was a college professor in Florida, he just smacked a lot of cheeks with Alma, the secretary of the college, and just fucked <laughs> many straight up weeks. Yeah. Yep. Okay, first flashback. <laughs> and, yeah, we, we meet her, and I, like, was freaking out for the longest time because I was like, man, her face looks really, really fucking familiar. And then I was like, oh. That was crazy. And then, like. What for What? Oh, I think yeah, Alma, uh, Alice Kreese. No, because eventually she made a certain face. And I was like, oh, that's the crazy bitch from Star Trek First Contact. See, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. again, for me, it's Sleepwalkers. She is the mom in Sleepwalkers, yeah. and, and that's that forever. But it's just one of those things where I can't help but laugh at these like, these montages with him and Alma. Because, they're, yeah, they're fucking a lot, and they're having a great time, but at the same time, she's just being... Completely fucking psychotic. She's like, oh, we have to go back to Milburn now. That's where you grew up. I really want to go back there. He's like, why? It's fucking boring. I don't care. We have to go back there. And if we're going to get married, we're going to marry there. He's like, slow down, baby. Like, we've just been fucking. Like, that too, talking about he, also, he, he was also he's the one so talking about a local by, shit. Yeah. I mean, he, yes, he brought that up uh, first. And, uh, you know, he was so so taken by her, her, her ways that uh, and we did learn after the fact like he like threw his whole career and reputation to the wind to to get to spend some more time Mm -hmm. with that yeah Yeah. he threw everything even in the in the tub well that would be my fucking exit that tub sequence he like dumps underneath the water she pops i'm out i'm out yeah right right after that the scene is like uh, you've been doing great. I want to extend you another year, you know? And then he's like, I'm just going to throw it all away. 
Yeah, but we've also been in we we've also been in those relationships where, you know, they fuck like rabbits. They're they they fuck like a motherfucker, and yet they're crazy as shit. But we're like, but they're really good at fucking maybe, maybe just a little bit longer. You know, let's just try for a little bit longer. King, I know you sure as fuck has. <laughs> I have. Unfortunately, I have been that many, many times. You know, and I've also found my way out. And the sex is good. You just want to stick in her. Like, man, she's nuts. I mean, she does have a knife in her hand at this point. But man, does she give some good sloppy toppy. Like, I'm just not leaving. Yeah, it's just, we've all been there where it's like we've all been with that one crazy bitch that just fucking rocks your world, you know, anywhere you want, public, private, doesn't matter, you know, fucking nuts. But you're, because it's so good, you're like, because it's so good, you're like, oh, she's not that crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the problem is it becomes a debate. It becomes a whole entire debate that you got to figure out whether or not the actual sex is worthwhile, the amount of fucking, like, just tragic pain and annoyance that you're going to live with, with by, by, by sleeping mm-hmm. with said chick. You know, it can be a complete and utter fucking nightmare. You know, who's good at this kind of thing, man? You want to get yourself in this kind of relationship? Try out a, 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 a woman of Latina descent. They'll drive you up the fucking wall with this kind of shit. Yeah, they'll follow you to your friends' <laughs> yeah. houses. They'll they'll scratch your fucking car up. They'll do all kinds of shit just because you might be sniffing at something else in some other way. Even if you've never even locked down in any kind of relationship with them in any kind of way. Even if you're underage while sleeping with them in any kind of way. So so yeah, there are there, there are those moments where you do have to really really sit there and wonder if the sex is really worth it. And you know what? Unfortunately, nine times out of ten, I'm the kind of guy that says yes. Because there <laughs> well, ain't yeah. nothing better than a crazy lay, dude. And, <laughs> but that's the thing here. It, it's great to fuck crazy, okay? It is awesome to fuck crazy. But do not get in a relationship with crazy. No, <laughs> that's the, 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 perf, the, the, the thing to find in life, again, is the unicorn. You've got to find... That, that perfect mix of crazy for the sex and the passion, but enough of a, a, a calm coolness to be able to at least have a relationship. Once you, you hit that happy middle, it's smooth fucking sailing. The sex is fantastic, and, and everything else just flows naturally, man. I know. I'm in it now. I'm good to go. That's awesome. Cool. In this case, the crazy got passed to David. And Don's like, man, she's fucking crazy. She's dangerous. Don't get with it. He's like, whatever, man. You're lost. I'm fucking it now. And then he ends up dying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, Don survived. David, not so lucky. So, of course, the old men are like, oh, 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 that's sucky. I don't know what you're talking about. Fucking crazy, man. Get out of here. Jabbery dying after mother keys through them being like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Fuck. (laughs) We're being attacked. So, this is what went down. Okay. <laughs> and and then it just made the movie even more comical that they had the same actor playing both brothers. It's like it's yeah, not that the brothers. It's right. not that the brothers were supposed to be twins. They were just like, yeah, we don't have nope. enough budget to hire someone else. So let's put a mustache on you, and let's leave you clean shaven, sure. and you'll just be and you'll just be good brother, and you'll be bad inner city brother. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a shit stash. 
<laughs> the ghoul but, yeah, so we, <laughs> <laughs> so we get to that point where Sears and Ricky and Ed have to sit down and say, you know what? Back in 1930, we did some fucked up the shit. Dirty Sanchez, one of those things was called. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes that's exactly. That's you got to stick your thing. finger up a girl's exactly asshole and wipe the fucking shit on her lip, dude. That's how it's Dirty done. Sanchez, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as if that, so like you like, said, King, as if that flashback wasn't enough. Now we gotta have to hear this face up like this. Now, now we have to have another flashback, right, King? <laughs> Because this is the problematic one where it's like, hey, we got four guys, the best friends, and they're after one chick. And not even a good-looking chick, a very masculine-looking chick, which is Eva Galli. Everyone in town's like, ooh, she's European. She has an accent. She's rich. So, of course, the four guys in town, Cedars, Ed, Ricky, and, and Don, have to go after her and be like, hey, why don't we all hang out? Because this isn't going to end badly for anybody. Who's going to get yeah. it? Who knows? We're not going to be at this point. This is going to be awkward in any way, shape, or form. I do think that, you know, Alice Creech got better looking as she got older, but I don't think she was that mas- – I don't think she looked masculine. I wouldn't go that far, man. I wouldn't go no, that far. I wouldn't have been buying for her music attention. Like these guys were back in 1930. Um, like the, in the ice cream shop, but they're all talking about their futures, you know, about how Edward is, is going to leave and he's going to be president. The way that you're just smiling yeah, and laughing, like, tone is dangling, guys. Like, you're, you're four guys, and you're hitting on this girl. Ease up a little, a little bit of breathing room, maybe. You know, so you're not wiggling your dick out going, some of this, and some of this nice, breathe depression, and you're working on dick. And it was weird, just, though, because weird... with, with the story that was going on here, it's like there, there wasn't enough uh, talk of she's trash because she's hanging out with four guys all the time. She must be a slut. That I right. think that was really yeah. missing too. Is you know yep. other talk of other people in the town. Yeah, it wasn't until after everything happens that Sears is the one that said, "Oh well, because she was promiscuous, nobody really questions it." You know, which is one of those things where she just kind of skipped down. That was it. But it's. Four guys, one girl. Edward is the one that kind of gets her attention the most, but he can't get his dick up. Oh no! But he's gonna tell his friends. Totally nailed the boys. Yeah, up top, up top, everybody. Totally got in it. He was awesome. And they're like, yeah, dude, totally awesome. nailed that. Well, now I mean, I don't know if you guys caught the whole thing with it, but like I took that to be because him and Sears kind of had a little thing going, man. I mean, I found that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was just, maybe it was just the actor. Um, but I kind of felt like there was like a, uh, no, there was a, some a gazing. Very, there was definitely some so gazing very, and looking yes, happening. Very homosexual fucking overtones going on with this, this crew. <laughs> you can go you know, absolutely. And it, that's because, and that's why I think that he couldn't get it up for her is because he really wasn't completely straight. You know, and that's why he couldn't <laughs> really preach her the way that... Wow, they got really excited when three boys showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when they get drunk and go to the house and they're all talking to her and she's... And you have Sears saying, well, where's my dance? I want to get my dance. She's like, don't worry about it. I'll dance with all of you. I'm like, whoa! We're going to get an orange beef. <laughs> <laughs> 1938. No, it doesn't quite work out that way. Edward's like, I, you know, I, I got it up totally. I'm going to total erection. 
and you're knocking the floor. Because you're the woman that you are. What well, we did, I'm freaking out. Going, we fucking killed her, man. We killed her. What do we do? Well, I got can't call the cops. Let's just go ahead and dump her body in the water. Yeah, nobody's going to look for her. You know, she's promiscuous. Yeah. As it is. And that's what I like yeah. about this movie is that they think she's dead. put her in the car. They dump her Norman Bates style into the water. They're watching the car sink. And then all of a sudden you see her head pop up. Like, uh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> She's she dead. She's dead. It's the light. It's the light making it look like she's bobbing right up and down, going, "Wait, I'm not dead." <laughs> yeah. Well, the best. The best is if you remember, one of these these men become a doctor. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure it was John that checked the pulse. Which you know. Yeah. Yep. I, I question what kind of doctor he was because he obviously couldn't <laughs> fucking read a pulse for his life. Well, he would have maybe learned that in schooling. He wasn't a doctor yet. No, he was going to be. He wanted to be the Milburn's MP, uh, medical protector here in town. So, not quite a doctor. Trapper John. What happened? She, <laughs> she ends up dying to death, and that's what the secret is of the Chowder Society: is that they ki- accidentally killed and drowned somebody all those years ago, and now she's back in ghost form to get all of them. She's already gotten Ed. She's already gotten Don's brother, and she's also gotten John. So. Fingers and Ricky are the last two left. So they have to Drown go to the Jolly House. Yeah, I think she's going to death. I mean, she's going to death. That's what happens when you drown. You die. You drown to death. <laughs> no, she's only halfway drowned. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have uh, them getting to the house. Don breaks his leg going through a broken staircase, so he's kind of out of the picture for the moment. Sears decides to go to help. And he runs into the spirit of Ava standing in the road. Again, the tow truck driver sees this happen. He's like, that's fucking crazy. That's like the second weird thing I've seen all week. Oh, well. Back to my job. (laughs) Doesn't get out. Doesn't go run over to the car. Nothing. Just, no, back to it. Frank's and George oh, Thorough Goods were back on time. That's weird. The fucking horn's beeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because well, it, you had that little fu- fucker in the back. <laughs> yeah, the little yeah. fucking, yeah, the little fucking wild like, fucking Game of Thrones. <laughs> popping out the fucking windshield, you know? <laughs> and he kills Sears in the process. You know, we also have Ricky going, well, it's taking a long time to to get help. I better go out and see what's going on. I'll flag down the nearest car that comes by. Oh, thank God you're here. Oh, look, it's Gregory Bates, the guy that was promised immortality. <laughs> bump, bump, this bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's, that's when we find out Fred, Fred Astaire's a fucking, we find out Fred Astaire's a fucking badass because he carries right. a fucking shank with us. <laughs> who, for, during filming of this movie, for some reason, felt like he was going to be murdered to be killed. While filming, according to John Irvine, the director, I don't know why, but he did. Um, he ended up dying not that long after this movie, but still, for some reason, he was so spooked out by the movie that he just felt like his death was imminent. And unfortunately, it was. But no, he is a little badass where he stabs, you know, uh, Gregory and the car flips over so he can run to the cops and admit to everything and say, if there's a car in the water, you need to drag that car out. Come on, quick, man, quick. Let's get this fucking thing out. Yeah, yeah man. Back like, in the house. The, 
yeah, he, he's taking on a ghost, and yet somehow this old dude is able to run to the cops, get the cops. Cops <laughs> is able to get a tow truck out in time while he's still fitting off, you know, with the ghost. And it's just, you know, that's like the fastest fucking tow truck ever, man, because if you've ever had to call AAA, oh, man, man, you know, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we'll yeah, be there like, like a, maybe, an, uh, maybe an hour. <laughs> <laughs> And they they managed to locate that car just exactly in the spot where it is in the icy water and dredge it out with Ricky saying, Faster, come on, get that thing out. And like, meanwhile, Don's being tortured by this bony hand of Eva's ghost. Don't you want to make love to me? Don't you love me? Get away from me. <laughs> you found me pretty once. <laughs> don't you want me? I want to take a bite out of you. I don't want. I don't want that. Don't want it. No, thank you, man. Safety word. Safety oh, word. <laughs> and it's once the car is fully taken out of the lake, Ricky pries that door open with again old man strength. He's able to wrench that rusted door open, revealing the the corpse from the inside. Which it's kind of cool effect because it looks like it's actually climbing out of the car, like not like the body's falling out, but it actually looks like it's crawling out towards him. As it falls yeah. to the ground, I thought that was another aspect of the movie. And it's all goopy, it out and, you know, and, but it's still all goopy and fresh and shit like that. So I like you know, the, I, I, I like the flesh melting off of it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was so rad. Yeah, that was the, the, the Yeah, it was kind of cool to see that the the flesh kind of falling off it and realizing that's Eva's body finally being revealed, and she disappears as she lunges at Don, realizing that she's finally at peace. Which leaves Don alone and Ricky just should have finally fucked like, man. Him. He could have. <laughs> in the final moments, he, him go, he finally got to jail. <laughs> I mean, we totally boned earlier. You know, why don't we just bone one more time before you go fuck the yeah. afterlife? <laughs> we got to. That's the best kind of breakup sex. I'm, one more time. Yeah. Realize. So I think that's overrated, yeah, movie, man. Yeah. It is so not overrated. What are you talking about? So the whole breakup sex thing, man. Yeah, it is the best. Know, listen, uh, I, I, I don't know about that, dude. I, I prefer a good hate fuck. You know, that, that's what I like. You know, mm-hmm. I like it when, like, you're, you're, you're angry at the person. But yet, you know, there's still sex to be had. So you just literally want to, like, put every little bit of your anger and your hatred and, and you just take everything that's going on in your life and society at the moment and just, just put it right into channeling it through your, through your pecker, right into that vagina, dude, and just boom. You know, it's, you, you give her a black eye down there, plain and simple. <laughs> if you, you, you want to go for the – and if you're going – and if you're into the anal thing – you know, whether you're gay or whether you want to just fucking bang her in the butthole, you're giving her a black eye or the brown eye. It's real easy, man, and it's it's a good time. <laughs> Angry sex it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be fucking makeup sex. But this movie ends on like just a really really happy note. It's like I really would prefer just one last jump scare slash freeze frame. Of okay, things aren't done yet, you know, and well, you, you thought it was, but it wasn't. And instead, we get to have to you didn't wait for the after credits scene, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
It's not a Marvel yeah, movie. <laughs> when oh, no, shows up and he's like, this, you didn't see it? It was it was great. She, yeah, she jumps out of the water and, and yeah, no, there wasn't a fucking answer credit. No, that. I I, I, wa- I actually did watch all the credits just in case. <laughs> that, you fucker, I, I don't bother with that anymore. <laughs> but we didn't find the boy. Well, then he's still out there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> crawling amongst the wilderness now. <laughs> what movie is that? No, that's a good one. Hmm. What was that called? Huh? What movie is that from? What? The kid. But what about the boy line? Never mind. Just continue. <laughs> God, the ending was louder than a goddamn sophomore's fucking chest. <laughs> I mean, that's horror movie knowledge right there, that end sequence without. Well, what about the little boy? Man, we didn't find any little boy. Well, then he's still out there. Freeze frame on San Francisco Lake. Classic ending sequence of that movie, but this one ends in peace. I mean, it really, like I said, like everything is wrapped up. It doesn't really, go there either. wouldn't be any uh, scare because she, Eva Alma's at peace. There's no more reason for that. So let's end it on Ricky. What's that friend scared to one last dance? Right before. A tap, a tap, a tap, a tap. Like, you know, what's that dance up out of out of frame? Like, one last time. Uh, for a time sake. Or John House to show up. We get best Orson Welles impression. That's the entire time I kept thinking about that the entire movie. Because he did work with Orson Welles back in the day when uh, he produced Citizen Kane and, and other things that Orson Welles did. So, just hearing him talk, I'm like, that's just him doing Orson Welles. Well, now, come hear the truth of the story for the Shroud of Society. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like watch the YouTube video of Orson Welles when he was drunk out of his fucking head trying to make a champagne commercial. There's like 30 outtakes of him drunk to get the words out. Not much champagne. It's from the fields of France. Right oh, fuck. What's the line? Still your table. Take your team. If you guys ever watch it on YouTube, it's fucking phenomenal. Watching Orson Welles drunk as a skunk trying to do this champagne commercial <laughs> with a couple sitting across the table. Just wanted to get it done. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Been here all day. They're like, who hired oh, <laughs> Then he just starts laughing at one point and almost passes out. Like, it's just phenomenal. Watch, watch that on YouTube, and I guarantee you'll laugh. But, uh, so that was Ghost Story from 1981. Uh, next week, we are giving it to the ghoul for his film pick of the week. So what do you have for us, ghoul? All right. Well, I am going to. <laughs> so. <laughs> Love Island. <laughs> Love Island. Okay. Season four. Episode 37 through 43. No, just kidding. Uh, anyway, though, no, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to. I'm going to steal a, uh, a pro- probably a future pick of the Kings, and I'm going to slide it in for next week instead. This was one of your uh, your big picks from last year. I'm going to go with Possessor. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah, I really did enjoy it, Brandon Cronenberg. Um, I know that you said that you actually got it for 3.99. So 
Yes, I I bought it. I don't know what I paid for it, but yeah, I bought it and I have it and I have not watched it yet. I actually didn't even read the fucking synopsis, so I have no idea what this movie is about. So all I know is I'm going in with big expectations, being as this Uh was the king of horrors movie of the year for 2020. (laughs) I think you'll like it. I honestly think that you will. I mean, it's David Cronenberg's son. Uh, he's he's pretty well in that land of his father with body horror. So I think that you guys are you're gonna really enjoy Possessor. If you don't, fuck it. Hey, listen, you know, these are my picks that I made last year, but it's got a decent cast, you know, and, and I think uh it, it it's worth it. So I'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys and see what you guys think about Possessor. Um but you can rent it for four ninety nine on, on uh, Amazon as of right so now. So are we watching so. the are we watching the regular cut or the uncut version? I have well, I know that the gore. So, so, and I've seen both. So it doesn't really. I think the uh, the one on uh, Amazon to rent is just the regular one. So, it's just a regular cut. Uh, I'm I'm fact checking that right this moment. Neener neener uh, neener. Possessor <laughs> on Amazon. Asshole. Would you like to suck my cock, asshole? Prime Video. <laughs> it looks like. It's just a regular. It's the regular cut that's available for rent. The uh, uncut version does not appear to be available for renting on Amazon. Okay. They have it for sale on a 4K UHD Blu-ray. Uh, but uh, let me just open them and see more purchase options. Wait, hang on. Oh no, this is just <laughs> SD. Versus SD. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fine. I'm so that's going to be our pick for next year. Yes, require a purchase on your part to do so. I know I have a pick coming up that might require a purchase as well. So, you know, we're opening up those wallets. Everybody's got a stimulus check by now except for me. So we're going to be spending that money on some movies because I have one. It'll be in a couple of weeks. Oh, Jennifer for Jason Lee. <laughs> yeah, she's in it. Again, uh, Again. I don't want to I talk do about apologize. it. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to make anybody have to pay for anything, but you know, again, it's uh, there's so much build up for it. It's you know, we, we very rarely do newer films for that reason. So it's cool. Every now and then, you got to You never know, and then you know, and these are. It's not like it's going to break the bank. It's four ninety nine to rent. You know, so it's not that bad. And I did that for a lot of the movies that I watched on my list. Sure I'm sure the monkey will so find bad. a way to steal it. Don't worry. Oh, sure. <laughs> what? That's What's so that cool. over there? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the other direction? But anyway, so yeah, Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. That's going to be next week. I'm very excited about it. So, Dean, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll see you back here next week. Uh, you're welcome. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to say real quick that ties uh, Monkey's previous pick to this pick. Uh, in the sequence in this film, when they're playing the pipe organ, it's the same pipe organ in the Lon Chaney Phantom of the Opera. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> the same exact well, one the or the same yeah. model? Same so the same exact one. Like It was the same exact one. Oh, very cool. Very, very neat. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Monkey. All right, Monkey. I thought the town Thank you was for the town in, uh, I thought it was Kingston Falls from fucking Gremlins. <laughs> That's what it looks oh, like. Okay. But it was actually a to make up that uh, make up that town. But anyway, Monkey, thank you so much for your pick, and thank you for joining us. And we'll see you back here next week for Possessor. Yeah, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. I'm your man, Monkey. Thanks, thanks for listening, and let me come in your ear.
Well, Valentine's Day is here. Um, it's, well, it's a couple of weeks away anyway. And uh, why don't you go on over to Etsy, put in the search bar, Bonfire Bead Designs, and buy her a piece of jewelry. You know, there's all kinds of bracelets, gemstones, necklaces, pendants, you name it, it's there. Uh, and if it's not, I don't know, put in a request. I don't even know if that's possible. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Uh, all I know is that she's always working on stuff, and, you know, she uh, she takes a lot of pride in her art and is always crafting things. And believe me, when you guys buy it, it makes me happy. She makes money. I get sex. It takes things off of my counters and the other places that it gets placed and actually gives room for things like my Star Wars books. So do me a favor. Put me up. Yes, what's your question, sir? Being that it is the season of romances, Valentine's Day rapidly approaches, uh, will the lucky purchasers of jewelry from Bonfire Bead Designs uh, be blessed with uh, cock and pussy photos once again? That is a... uh, That would be a no. Um, Oh. That's... that's, Well, it's listen, it's a hard thing, okay? My cocks are dead. Yes, okay, all my fucking cocks are killed. That's oh, a hard okay, thing. So it's, <laughs> it's just like the guy in the movie tonight. Yeah, yeah, you know. The fucking fox ate all my goddamn chickens, dude. So, no, I'm not giving anybody cock pics because my fucking cocks are dead. So, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> what about <Poor> subject? <laughs> well, the two pussies are laying right here next to me as I'm fucking sitting here. The other three are on the phone with me. <laughs> they can make phone calls now? <laughs> Day of the cock? Day of the cock. Oh, that's my next pick. You're very talented. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> so, uh, try those no, things? Dude, listen, man, okay? So I don't even I'm want sorry, to talk sorry, about sorry, it. Sorry, I, I didn't sorry, explain it to anybody what the fucking scene was like, okay? it was. It's not the kind of thing you ever want to see happen to your fucking pets, okay? Put it that way, man. If they were just chickens that I was raising to fucking kill and, and, and be done with, that would have been one thing. But considering that we had had them since they were fucking babies, and, and yeah, you know, the, I, I never even explained to anybody in this household what that scene fucking looked like. That's how bad it was, man. Not fun. Not funny. Sacred. All right. So here's what that catchphrase is equal to that. Stay scared. I didn't even know I had to say anything else. You did. Stay scared. <clears throat> and as always, I'm your pal, the King RNDG, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And we'll see you back here next week for Possessor. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.